Chapter 176 of Varney the Vampire, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Varney the Vampire, Volume 3 by Thomas Prescott Prest. Chapter 176 The Grazier's Relation and His First Terrors the effects of good cheer and the sudden interruption to a pleasant party. The landlord was not long gone for the October. He came back with a placid smile and a smacking of his lips when he shut the door behind him, and then deliberately placing the candlestick down, he said, handing them the tankard, There, gentlemen, if you find any better brood than that in the three adjoining counties, why, you may take measure for my coffin for I won't live after I am told there is any so good anywhere else. "'We will not take your word, landlord,' said one of the highwaymen, putting the tankard to his lips, which act produced an approving nod from the jolly landlord, who said, with much encouragement, "'That's right, never trust nobody, that's my motto, and I chalks it up over the fireplace, and acts upon it. Try for yourself, and then you won't be deceived.' What's your opinion upon that now, sir? Never drank its equal, ever here. I thought you'd say so. It comes out of a particular cask, one as I puts by for myself. But you have ridden hard, and I thought a brew of an extra strike would be an acceptable drink. You are right. It is cold and very wet. I'm as tired as if I had ridden far. The wind has blown me about so. Ah, don't you hear how it roars in the chimney? So it does. What do you think of the brew, Ned? Ain't it first-rate? Indeed it is. I never had any equal to it. I tell you what, landlord, it will make an excellent nightcap, for a man who has taken a glass or two of this would not be better able to keep his saddle. No, it's lucky we intend putting up for the night here. You have beds. Yes, good and well aired. That is capital. Well, your chicken pie is good, landlord, your ham good, and the October excellent. And now, what's that? At that moment there was a sound of horses' feet galloping furiously towards the houses, and they had not listened long before they came close to the door, and then there was evidently a sudden pull-up. Hilloah, what's that? said his companion. I think it is somebody pulled up at the door, said the landlord. Whoever they are, they have come in haste. The two highwaymen half rose, but a look at each other caused them to resume their seats, and in another moment there was a loud shouting and a call for the ostler, but there was no one at hand. Where is that Jim got to? I must go and see after him at all events. He won't come if I don't. So saying, he walked away while the guests remained silent watching the actions of the two highwaymen. It is but a single horseman, said the first. No, said the other, but still he may be mischievous, and yet I can hardly think he would venture here at such a time. Besides, it can't be known. We are much better here than anywhere else. I think so. We have nothing to fear. Nothing. At that moment the landlord retired, and at the same time the door was suddenly opened, and the grazier entered the kitchen. He glanced around him, much confused. The fire and light, no doubt, had some share in that, 
but he stared and appeared terrified and all splashed over where's the ostler he cried out here i be said the worthy behind look after my horse he is very hardly ridden see to him that's a good fellow said the grazier yes i'll see to un said jem who departed with the animal landlord landlord yes here i am master green here am i give me something strong i'm half dead i'm cold and i'm frightened and that is the truth where's the fire why master green i never saw you in this state before give me your hand master green i'll show you the fire said the landlord holding out his hand to green why you are cold what has happened you shall hear you shall hear said the half terrified green only give me a toss of brandy and get me a supper and then i shall be able to tell you more about it at present i can say nothing well that is pretty well for a man that can't speak said the landlord you are getting better mr green i hope i shall the fire is comfortable here is some good brandy take a gill man it won't hurt you on such an occasion as this i have seen you do as much before but as for supper why i can't say much these two gentlemen have had the only thing i had in the house and save the ham i doubt much if there will be any left if the gentleman will join us he is welcome to take a share of what we have said one of the highwaymen here will be enough for us all i dare say sir if you do not object to our company thank you thank you said green i will accept of your offer gladly for i have had a long ride and have had much that is uncomfortable to put up with to see and to fear lord have mercy on me say i well what is the matter mr green why said mr green as he between his words poked in large mouthfuls of food and now and then washed it down by the aid of the october you all of you know the highwayman's corner about fifteen miles from here yes said the landlord i know it well there's a chap hanging up in chains there now at this present day that is if nobody hasn't run away with it or it hasn't been blown down exactly well that's the spot there's been another dreadful murder been done there oh it was dreadful well did you see it yes i did what the murder said both highwaymen at once no the body i only saw the body where was it lying stop stop a bit not so fast said mr green who was eating very fast indeed but paused a moment you must not ask too many questions at once because i have one way of telling a tale and you'll spoil it well go on your own way well then listen i was coming along at a rattling pace i can tell you for i was late and tired as it was when i had reached the gallows i looked up at the body swinging in the wind and creaking and screaming on its rusty swivels but i had scarcely done so when my horse shied and very nearly landed me in the mud but i contrived to keep my seat though not without trouble what at the dead man inquired one of the highwaymen ay replied his companion i am sure they ought not to put men up there like scarecrows to frighten horses with for my part i never pass it but my horse snorts and bolts and i am obliged to be wary i don't know much about that i have come by without my nag being any the worse 
At all events, I thought there was something in his shying at the gallows, and I tried to push him by, but he would not go. What did you do? Why, I was obliged to get down, said the grazier. Thrown? No, no. Forced to get down, you mean, said the highwayman. Why, in some sort of way I did feel myself compelled to get down, because the brute wouldn't go ahead, and I saw something on the ground as the clouds cleared away a little, and showed me that there was something suspicious in the middle of the road, very much like a bundle of clothes. Indeed, said the landlord. What was it? I'll tell you in course. Now, you see, I saw the animal would not move, so I got off to see what was the matter. Forced off, added the highwayman. Damn it, man! What can it matter? Then I got off, said the grazier, getting into a passion, and then, after a pause, which he employed in taking a long pull at the October, and then wiping his lips, he continued. What is the matter now, thought I? So I went to the object, and found it was a man rolled up in a cloak in the middle of the road, dead. Dead? Aye, dead as a doornail. Lor, said the highwayman. Why, then he must have been murdered, I suppose? You may take your davy of that, said the grazier. But I tried to wake him up, but he was not to be disturbed, so I dragged him to the bank where I left him. Where was he hurt? Shot right in the side, or stabbed, I don't know which, but that's where the blood came from, so I was sure he was dead. But when I removed the cloak from his face, I saw he had as ugly a set of features as a man can desire, a long, peculiar face, large but thin nose, an awkward set of teeth, with one or two projecting in front, and, oh, such eyes, that is, when he opened them. Opened them, said the highwayman, both? Opened them, repeated the landlord. Why, did you not tell me he was dead? Aye, but when the moonlight came upon him, he opened his eyes. Oh, what eyes! Why, they were like a pair of enormous great fish eyes, cod's eyes that had become suddenly lighted up, or the moonlight reflected back from the bottom of a new tin saucepan, and then you have them. The devil, said the highwayman, and what did you do? Why, I came away as fast as I could. I wasn't to be done by a dead man. I didn't wait to see more than that. He turned round and stared at me. He was so horrible that I got upon my horse the best way I could, and came on here as fast as the animal would come. The body, I dare say, rolled over, and you thought it moved of itself. I know better. Besides, it opened its eyes. The moon shone on them, and you thought he looked at you. You were terror-stricken, and that's the truth of it. Then I know better, said the grazier doggedly. It ain't nothing of the kind. I know it ain't a matter that happens every day, and that's why you don't believe it and don't understand it, but I know I'm right. House here! House! Ostler! shouted a loud, authoritative voice without the door of the inn, which caused them all to start and listen for a repetition of the same sounds, to prove that they were not illusory. End of chapter 176